paper of my heart with the floor I'm dragging on Cause your fruits is nailing right for picket Hello and welcome everybody, this is Drinks Grab yourself a drink everybody Cause today we are going to be drinking with Chacho Saldaña Now you might be thinking, who the hell is Chacho Saldaña? He is one of the uh, cohorts he is one of my he is one of my best friends and he is an amazing singer, songwriter and poet. He just released a book and since we recorded this the other day <laughs> through video chat, this video is also I mean this uh, I guess chat, the pandemic chat is uh, is also available on YouTube. And I've, since it went on for about two hours, I tried not to make these long because, but not too short as well. I, I just like them at a good length between 20 and 40 minutes. So I'm going to chop this chat with Chacho because it was so cool. We went over a lot of topics. He's an intellectual. I love this man's brain. He's awesome. We talk about his poems. We talk about words, the the, the beauty of art, uh, everything. It, it just spanned a really beautiful conversation. And I want to share it with you. And I've done it in three parts. So that this is part one of this beautiful chat with Chacho Saldaña. Let's go. Well, all right. This is drinks in English, and I'm here with the beautiful, with a very beautiful man. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, sure. <laughs> hey, but we're not doing the same podcast, right? I'm not going to do the same podcast. I know. It's just because, yeah. like, to give context, um, we just, uh, I guess, recorded the podcast of drinks in Spanish. All right. Yeah, as my friend Chacho Saldaña, who is with us here, this he is our beautiful guest here in the podcast, and we just did it first <laughs> in Spanish. So we made that podcast. That piece of historical footage is there, recorded <laughs> in Spanish. But now, uh, to our English audience. This is Lorenzo Saldaña, Chacho oh, Saldaña. And, <laughs> and what's cool about Chacho, he's one of my best friends. I've known him forever since we were kids. And, but what's cool about him is that he is a creator. And he creates poetry. He creates music. He's an amazing musician that does wonders with his voice. You are a one-of-a-kind voice in America and in the world. And we have him. We're so lucky to uh, uh, to have him on the drinks podcast. And just uh, and first of all, what the hell are you drinking, dude? I'm drinking a whiskey. Well, are you still drinking what we were drinking earlier? I, I'm I drinking, sure uh, am. I'm drinking a Valentine's. Ah, great. Valentine's. Valentine's Scotch whiskey. Heard it first time from Tom Waits. And I uh, bought it. And my friend Brant, actually, his father used to also drink that as a as as a little like a sipper. He would sip on it and then chase it down with a beer. Uh huh. And it's good whiskey. Good oh, whiskey, I like it. I don't and think I've not... ever tasted that one. Well, it's good stuff, man. It doesn't have to be that commercial and that. Well, I am drinking a Shiner 
black lager, bohemian black lager, and a Republic whiskey, which my friend John Stockley said it it wasn't like it's good. <laughs> but he doesn't like blended whiskey. Mr. Stockley. Yeah, well, of course you have to, man. Yeah, and but Stockley's got good taste. Maybe uh, I know. Maybe, maybe it's because cool. maybe it's because Stockley's like maybe it's because Stockley's like uh, I don't know. Just had a lot of different types of drinks, and he can you know afford to like you know try different things. Ah, shit, man! I can't afford trying different things. <laughs> I stick with my Valentines. <laughs> well, more power know. to him. More power to him. And I, I think that, that you, where you're going is right. Like if you want to be a wine connoisseur. You have yeah. to try a shitloads of wine, and yeah. I don't know. I don't know anything about wine. Um, I just know that I, it gets me drunk, and that's the part I like. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Well, wine is like a yeah, man. Why, well, I was gonna say something. I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> it's just uh, I know uh, what you were gonna say, fucker. All right, it's, just, uh, it, it's cool, man. I, know, I I can see why my dad likes drinking wine. You know? Huh. Yeah, I, I, I like I like I, I like the strong the 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 whiskey the, the the strong stuff, but but I also like to chase it with with like a beer, and I don't know who's chasing who, um, <laughs> but I like it. I I like drink. I'm also drinking a beer on the side. It's a stash IPA. Oh yeah, I like that. Yeah, it I looks like this. Stash. Who's the brewery? Who's the brewery? Stash. I want to sponsor Ricky Mendoza. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the brewery of that? Is it? It's, uh, it's, a, it's a stash brewery. It's called, uh, yeah, I think so, man. It's, I think it's Independence. Yeah, I love those guys. Uh, I think they're, where are they from? No, I don't know where they're from. But anyway, uh, this is Drinks, and this is just a super informal podcast where sometimes I talk by myself, and sometimes I have these wonderful people where I can actually have a conversation and have drinks. And Chacho is one of those people that are on here today. And what's cool is that he's a poet, he's a writer, he's a musician. And we talked earlier in the Spanish podcast, which is another language for all Americans. They're <laughs> 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 listening. Um, no, 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 but, but, you were sharing some poems that you wrote in Spanish, and Chacho is also the author of this beautiful book that I have in my hands, and it's a cool book. Tell them what it's poem. called. Tell them what it's called. It is called Songs of Depraved Sensuality. Songs of Depraved Sensuality, and it's a collection of poems. He has been a writer for since – when did you – write your first poem and first off i know at the word poem uh, a lot of you are like poem like what like ah like what is this is this like gay stuff is like like no like it, it it it's awesome stuff it is words he is an architect and his bricks are words and his structures are poems. And you've been writing since what age? I, I uh, wrote my first song um, in eighth grade, man. I was, I, I was uh, 14. Damn. 
And so, Chacho, you've had this collection. Of, yeah, you have the stacks of papers. You have boxes. Yeah, course. I have boxes. But this is this this collection is just the last uh, maybe year and a half. So everything there is just they're just scraps, man. I mean, there's just it helped me to get to where I am, and even even um, even that I'm not I'm not happy with it in the sense that I, I want to make more, you know. That's um, what's cool. I, I treat art like every recorded material or every published material that I make, even if it's uh, an album or as stupid as a Facebook post, I treat it as, uh, as I'm documenting my life instead of like, oh, this is like something really important that everybody should see. Like, no, 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 this is just like a diary, kind of. And what's cool about the way that you write is that you're super honest. And, and I yeah. want everybody <laughs> to feel the same happiness that I'm glad you I said feel. that, man. I'm glad you said that because uh, there's been times when uh, when I consider or think about being so honest. Hmm. You know? What do you mean? Uh, like you're afraid to be honest or no? Well, I'm not. Th th that's the whole point. It's like a leap. <laughs> it's a leap. You know, you know that you're being honest. And uh, um, but you can be more honest and, and you always try you can't be you it's not that i have a voice because i'm still finding my voice man i've always been looking for my voice but but there's there's a there's a degree between being honest and then just being um 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 loose and flimsy and 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 you know what yeah i mean you're talking about being human well with 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 poetry especially like you want to be honest, but you also want to hold that picture. You, you want to, I, I don't know if I inspire the senses. I don't know if I like, if I, if I, if I make those senses, if I wake the senses with my poems, I don't, I don't know that. About but other I, people, I, but oh, wait, 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 that, that's very important. Do you evoke those senses in yourself? Well, well, I mean, it, it just depends on the poem. Some poems are not about the senses. They're about um, um, just real, personable, personal experiences. And, and, and I think my experiences are just, I'm a, they're my experiences as a man, you know, as, as, as the guy from, from the border and, you know, just. And, and, okay, this is a piece of context because people that are listening might not know border with Canada with Mexico where the hell are you from where are you like where are you right now well, and where are you I'm not from saying, I'm, here let me let me correct myself I'm not saying that my poems are about the border although although a lot of what I've been writing lately is but I'm not saying that I'm just saying that that my experiences are just mine What's you the know, difference between poetry here, and sex? Here, here, here's my point. Let me, let me go back to this. I'm from Eagle Pass, Texas, in Piedra Negras, Coahuila. And you know that. We're, we're from the same place. But, but, because, but because we live in, in a border that's neither here nor neither there, or, or you're neither from one place or the other, you're from both. That's como la India Maria, you know? You know, like, ni de aquí ni de allá, como era? Well, I mean, what's interesting is that, that you're living 
in between two countries, between two totally different cultures. Yes, for sure. And that's a whole experience, man. That's what I was talking about earlier about having, do you think that my childhood is, is, uh, is I was talking to you about it in Spanish and the other podcast about, do you think that everyone thinks that their childhood is, was as, as fantastical as mine? Because it was in a sense, fantastical, you know, <laughs> but, uh, um, I don't know, man. Like, uh, um, I lost my train of thought. But. Well, okay. Here's your, here, let's go back to the train. Can you share a poem, either that you well, wrote today? I know you wrote oh, four poems today, fucker. Here's my point. Let, let, me, let me go back to it. I, I remember it. So, okay. so what, what I'm saying is that, that because we were, last, last, uh, last podcast, we talked about Anthony the Poet, a mm -hmm. guy from, uh, I think, the west side of San Antonio, you know? Like a guy who identifies yeah. from that piece. And and when you think of Doug Som, who's a great San Antonio songwriter and, and from the west side of San Antonio, or you think of, uh, of uh, uh, I don't know, man, people that represent, they, their writing represents not just them, but uh, their, sometimes their race, sometimes um, um and it has all those things based on their surroundings and and i think that um i think that that's that it might come out through my language but it's not my intention you know i don't have i don't ever feel like like i claim um like some sort of uh, uh you know like some sort of a a, a home you know, mm -hmm. that, well, does that I, make sense? Yes. No, no. I think I that, that what, what you're saying. talking. No, no, no. I do know what you're talking about. I think that what you're, what I am interpreting is that when a poet, you know, reads, writes a poem, they're grabbing your hand and leading you, the reader, into a world. Maybe it's their world. Maybe it's to a world that's in their head. Maybe, I, I don't know. But they're leading you somewhere. And I think people like Anthony the Poet is someone that drowns you in, in a good way in the world of San Antonio. And I don't know if he drowns you, but he invites you. It's very, it's, it's inviting. Yeah. It's, Maybe drowns, you could die from drowning. <laughs> it's not, yeah. yeah. But he, he, he absorbs you in the world of what is San Antonio and living in the culture that is San Antonio, Texas. And that's what's cool. Right? Or no? Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, um, well, you, we, we filmed, we recorded a podcast in Spanish. And you mentioned sabritones and salsa buffalo. And I know I'm probably saying gibberish to people who don't speak Spanish, but it's 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 basically this. This is not sabritones, but it's a masa. This is a potato. Well, yeah, it's a pork thing, and it has salsa on it. And you reminded me of, of my childhood, and I just went to my kitchen and made that right now. But do you remember that back in the day when you bought the little chips, the, like the individual size, you would get one little packet of like 
like ketchup, but it was buffalo, salsa buffalo. Wow. And every oh, you got lucky, you got two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but you're eating it with Valentina, which is the second best. Basi, yeah. Basi came over to the house one day, and he's like, he saw a big old bottle of Valentina. He's like, isn't that funny? I said, what? He said that almost every Mexican household you go to, there's always a bottle of Valentina. It's like, <laughs> Valentina, people making a lot of money, dude. All right. Well, we're going somewhere where I do not want to go. I am more interested in your fucking poetry, my man. And so can you share something um, either from your book of Songs of Depraved Sensuality? I, I think what I'll do, or, man, I, look, I'm anything. in... I think what I'll do is I'll, I'll read you this poem and then we can talk and then I'll read you uh, a little of that last collection of uh, the uh, um, the uh, as the asphalt gypsies one, please. Um, and then uh, and then we can talk about them if you want. You know, I do want. Yes, very Doting. much. It's called it's soupy doting, man. And uh, um, soupy what? It's Soupy doting, it's like real sentimental, sentimental uh, affection, you know, kind of creamy, kind of uh, cremosa, you know. <laughs> but uh, I'll tell you, I uh, um, I wrote this uh, this text to to my girl, and and uh, when was, uh, uh, I don't know, man, recently, when before I published the damn book, <laughs> mm. and <laughs> and. Uh, And uh, it was real cool, man. You know, it was real suave. And she wrote me back and she's like, shit, I like that text. And I took the text and I just played with the text and I added things to the text and, and I made this poem called Soupy Doting. That's beautiful. I can't wait to so, hear it. Well, let's hear yeah, it. Yeah, it's cool. And uh, let me tell you real quick because the first thing talks about duende. Now, I always thought that duende was such a cool concept because duende, the flamenco dancers in 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 uh, in, in Spain and España. Now I know that duende yeah. means elf, but what? Yeah, but but it, in the flamenco language, I guess, in their uh, um, in their culture for gypsies and flamenco mm -hmm. uh, musicians, it's the point that a man or a woman reaches when they are so uh, ecstatic and euphoric in their dancing and in their Get performance. Get the fuck out yeah, of here. I did not know that, man. Level of uh, of of uh, excitement and uh, euphoria and uh, nirvana. Basically. Well, dude, dude, no, 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 please. This is a learning moment for me. Yeah, so... No, no, so no, but hang on. Be, be, before you go on... You can look it up right there while we're talking. No, no, no. Fuck, look it up. I had the experience. Like, I went... Uh, my friend Mona Lisa Montgomery, uh, she is, like, the main um, dance person in San Antonio. She, um, I don't know if it works or used to work for the San Antonio Parks and Recreation Department. And she hired me as a videographer to go film flamenco, a, a flamenco at, uh, but it was this beautiful, beautiful dance show in, um, in San Antonio at the Guadalupe Theater. And, and Tamara Adida. Probably, and they were dancing, and then they stopped the dance, like like live music. Like I'm talking about guitars, the dancing, and then the dancing stopped and subsided for a bit, and then this poet comes up and says, "Duende, you and me, blah 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 blah," and then and then went away into the darkness, and then 
the dancing revived again and then yeah, it stopped man. again yeah, and yeah, then yeah, Duende came back so passionate man but I never understood what Duende was yeah but that's to, what it means Huh. So it means the, the pinnacle of excellence. Going back to that is that what I what I like to use in my poetry is, uh, uh, man, look, look, I'm I'm not gonna compare myself even, even to the fucking Achilles heel to the to to to, to William Faulkner, right? But I will. Like, but my He's point better. is, no, no, listen, man, listen. My point is that when you read his book, for example, the book I'm reading now, like. I have to look up things. I have to look up words and I have to look up uh, to understand, but it, it's a task and I enjoy it. And so hmm. uh, sometimes, for example, uh, I was writing a poem and uh, in the poem, I wanted to make a, uh, a, a, a metaphor about leaving. And I wanted to use the story of a, of a bird. Huh. Arrow or a, a bird, or uh, in fact, in this case, I used the, I used the the, I used an oo bird, and these birds are extinct, but they're extinct because they're because they used to they used to catch them to take off their uh, their feathers, and they kill them, but they take their feathers off. And which bird so was that's it? That's why they're extinct. So, but but here's the point. I was just trying to use the words to describe what I was feeling. And so what I did is I looked up a, a bird that would have valuable feathers. Get it? Huh. That's awesome. And then I came up to the oot bird. And I well, played well, with it. Can, can, can I, you and, and spell writing, that out I'm, for I'm me? Reading. The what bird? Spell that out. Oot bird. The oot bird. Huh. Never heard so, of it. But my, po my point is, my point is that sometimes... It's fun to like get out of your box, man, and know that there's all this other shit out there, you know. And, and so, I like reading to to my, my poetry. Um, not everything, but but a lot of it. You're gonna have to work at it, in the sense that you're gonna have to look up what this means or that means, and then. But when you do, everything will make sense. Ah, that's beautiful. You know what I mean? Of course, I know what you mean. Look, if everything is given to you, it's not fun. Yeah, exactly. And, and there's no reason why everything has to be Bukowski-ish or Jose Eugenio Sanchez kind right. of style, which which he's a fucking badass. La neta, güey. Ese güey es otro pedo, güey. Este, pero, but he's, he's the shit. But, you know, everyone's got their voice, man. Like, Absolutely. I like playing with mine. Uh, I like, um, I like, I like trying to write sonnets. Mm -hmm. And like, I mean, who writes sonnets, man? Come on. But I don't I, even know what that what that is. What is it? A sonnet. It's, it's a fourteen line um, a poem. I, well, I tell I like to write Shakespearean sonnets or or uh, um, uh, what's his name? A uh, Spencerian Sp sonnets. Huh. Uh, and Spencer sonnets. I know what. Uh, trying to follow those stances, and what so what you try to do is you try to write the words, but with a certain rhyme scheme in a certain line lines in, in each stanza to make huh. it a certain way. I have no idea. Uh, I know what... Uh, it's, it's fun, and, and it's not easy, but that's why I only have two, <laughs> you know? I know what a... What are they called? Bukai? No. Those five, seven, five. You put five words, seven words, and then five. What are they called? 
I don't know. What is that called? It's just like a super short poem. Oh yeah, yeah. It's got, it's it's called a uh, uh, fuck, man. Now you fucking got me at wait. No, no. I know. It's, I'm embarrassed. No, it's it with a K. Why? No, no, no. It's 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 called. It's actually what seventeen syllables. Yeah. And it's called a uh, um, fuck, dude. Like, <laughs> are we gonna blame it on the whiskey? I am. I sure am. Cheers, my friend. Hey, listen. Um, look, man, it's so funny because uh, I didn't think, like, I didn't know what to expect hanging out here talking to you, but I kind of like it. Like, I don't want to stop. Well, that's that's what's badass about the the podcast, man. Are we just hang yeah, out? Yeah, man. And we just hang out. Well, anyway, enough. Just share a poem, please. What page? We'll go back to to the conversation we had about the 17-syllable poem. Okay. Um, This one's called Soupy Doting, and I was telling you about the duende. Is it on your book? I told you. Huh? Is it on your book? Yeah, it's page uh, 53. I have the book right here. So I'm turning to page 53. And you were telling me the, about the duende? Yeah, remember? Because so, that's what it talks. It starts with that. He says, uh, so it's, remember, it was a, uh, it started off as what I said. It was, it started off, it doesn't matter. Just read it. Yeah, that's it. It says, soupy doning. Let's do the flamenco in Barcelona and get lost in La Ramblas looking for duende. Hmm. Take lessons on YouTube. Tu zapateas mientras yo palmeo. Loudly, like everything we do, grand and flamboyant. I'm sure we can get there. To add momentum, Sundays I reserve for movie theater popcorn at the corner Walgreens. What do you say we watched Last Tango in Paris get utterly buttery? Marlon Brando always comes through with fortuitous revelations. Mm. There's a first time for everything. And there's like a little winky uh, emoji. Yeah. And if you haven't seen uh, Last Tango in Paris, mm-hmm. then you would catch the reference. Okay, fine. Moving along. Maybe we can read Baudelaire and pretend we understand him. Shit. We can read him in French with a Tex-Mex twist over his grave with a Pinot Noir at the Montparnasse. Hmm. Baudelaire and his friends in the Palace of Wine have themselves a good time. How about downing a 12-pack of Lone Star Tallboys along Duck Psalm on the jukebox. Slide a smidgen on sawdust in old Bandera. What better place than the silver dollar? Get you real tipsy. Lure you to arm wrestle. Let you win every time. Nourish in the pleasure I get from your boosting baby brass. Perhaps a spontaneous road trip will delight us where we would stop at random for a picturesque peck or a monumental squeeze, under bridges over railways, at ranch gates and farm fences, until we discontinue our drive momentarily to demystify the desert and unearth overlooked treasures, Hmm. the fluke to find what we both didn't know we needed, to discover there's conviction in the manner we hold hands, in the tone of all the giggles and grins, Bouncing their radiance off the side and rear view mirrors. It's the way you survey the hill country, I count on. With your long brown tangled mane hanging out the window, whipping against the wind. Hmm. You can see the promise through my splinter windshield. And then you smile 
at the thought of possibly giving me roadhead. Afraid I won't find it proper, but you'll learn it's kind and it's selfless. Yeah. <laughs> How about we climb the Himalayas before my bones begin to ache badly? You rub shoulders with Buddhist monks. I'd sit by the side watching you do your thing, sidetracking them with your smile. Interrupting visions of nirvana, you're most deserving of a third eye. We can all tell. Hmm. I finally fished Moby Dick. How about we go spy on sperm whales during their mating ritual? Have a picnic on the main mast of the Pequot, out on the open sea, you, me, in temperate uncertainty. If you want to take a risk, let's count coop like great plain Indians, poke fun at the pious, crack up until our bellies hurt. If you want to take a leap, come fly with me to Molokai when I pluck the one plume from the tail of the last remaining bishop's uu bird. I'm mm -hmm. placing it in your hair. This dhoti's so soupy. It's so soupy. So soupy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Beautiful. It's cool. It's a cool little poem. It's a great little poem. No mommy. Like, it's so cool. Like, what I like is... Where you went with all that, man. I mean, like it's I just said. thoughts, thoughts, and they go. No, no, no. Fuck thoughts, man. It's about feelings, man. And what Yes. And that's what we were talking about. Okay. So, okay. So, so here's the thing, man. I don't mean to bring up Eugenio Sanchez, uh, este, Jose Eugenio. Of course. But es, es una verga ese güey. Mira, what he was saying, I don't, I forget who he was quoting because I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't, um, I wasn't familiar with either one of the quotes he said in his interview, but he was saying that what I said to you earlier, we, we talked earlier about the fact that I think he said it was uh, Jorge Luis Borges uh -huh. who talks about how you really, you, you write poetry, but, but it comes from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Like you're just like a, um, a vessel and you just let it go. And that's why, like today, man, um, I knew I was going to talk to you. And I just sat out here and I, I wrote that little poem in Spanish. And I enjoyed it, man. It, but it just flew. And I even told Brooke, I said, Brooke, my girl, I said, uh, isn't that strange how I just let it go? And it just came. And, the, and there was two thoughts, two memories that I can tell you honestly. You're my... You, Dude, you're my brother, man. You're one of my best friends of all time. And mm. I can tell you right now, like, I haven't thought about those things in probably fucking 25, 30 years. Hmm. They just came. They just, like, came out of me. Hmm. And, and it, doesn't, doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that it's any good or, or that it's any bad. Mm -hmm. I think that, that, that what's cool about poetry is that when it comes down honestly, it just it it's it's just that. That's what it is. It's just that. It's a uh, um it's like um if you, if you want to look at it this way, it's like this. Okay, so so when you read a piece of literature, we, we talk about Faulkner. Mm -hmm. And when you read Faulkner, for example, like you get to see you get to see pre-Civil War and post-Civil War uh Southern Mississippi. And and 
what he does is, is it's not just about the story. He's really telling you everything that's around him. So, so when someone like that, like myself or whatever point you, you want to think of, you know, um, I mean, I mean, Ginsburg, big was Ginsburg was so political. Mm -hmm. or, or, uh, um, I don't know. You know, Baudelaire, I, I, Baudelaire or Rambo. Uh -huh. Like, like, and they they encapsulate everyone, every poet, really. They, when they're honest, they encapsulate like a timepiece of of uh, of that time, of of that era, of that of that place and time. So, so for example, here here's my point. I know I'm rambling, you, but or ranting, whatever the word is, right? So, okay. so when when you write, that's what's happening, right? You're, 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 you're creating that, you're creating that time capsule that just takes you there. So that's why it's important that when someone like you or I, let's say that you do read Baudelaire tomorrow, that you decide to pick up Charles Baudelaire's, you know, Flowers of Evil, and, and you want to read it. Well, you can read it as as a as a person present in 2020 right i still get something right but at the same time you have to understand where he was even though a poet like him is so um is so limitless yeah. and vast and like he's not what's the word dated he's not dated like because that's the cool thing about poetry is that 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 some poets or can't get dated because it's all about what's in here. See, um, when you start bringing um, uh, like 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 Ginsburg, Ginsburg, who talked about everything that was around him, he was. I mean, it's during the 1960s, man. Dude, during the civil rights movement, especially even later. That's that's the old Ginsburg or the the midlife mm -hmm. Ginsburg. But uh, um, my point is, he isn't dated, but he does talk about those times. Look, let, let, uh, let me share an example. Am I, does, am I making sense? I, of course you are. And let me make an example of that, is that with a, a non-poetry example, uh, you obviously know who Neil deGrasse Tyson is, right? Yeah, of course, man. The famous astronomer. Who does it? The next I, president. Sometimes I have <laughs> no fucking clue what he's talking about like seriously like he's talking about the cosmos and the the asteroid and and, and the planets and and how the energy and the universe and everything that comes together into making this and that and i have no fuck but the passion of the man like he's talking true science and sometimes i don't know what the hell he's talking about but what he's talking about is real, and it means a yes. lot. Well, but he believes it. He believes it. But you see, well, okay. belief sometimes is suspended yeah. by reality. But in another way, I don't. No, I don't believe in reality. Jose, <laughs> mira, hay una realidad. There's a reality, right, that you and I both have to abide by, right? Right. Then like there's gravity. then there's uh then there's certain people. Right, because of their integrity, which is something that that to some extent I I uh, envy, man. There's hmm. some people that, but because of their integrity, they they live what they it's okay. It's, they live 
what they want to live, man. And so you have to take some certain chances. Some chances are more extreme than others. But um, um, yeah, man. I mean, I remember uh, um, my baby's bringing me a beer. Thanks. (laughs) I remember, man, uh, walking everywhere I went with my pocketbook in my pocket and the constantly stopping and writing. Constantly. And that happened. How old were you? How old were you? From when I was 14 till I was uh, out of college. You're you're telling me that from 14 to 20, you had a pocketbook in your... Always, man. I always have. I have a bunch of those things. You know that, that I always write. But see, this is the thing. Once I got a job and I had to wake up nine, whatever, nine to five, you know. You know, when you wake up and you do that and this and that, everything changed, man. Like my my whole consciousness changed. Hmm. And uh, not necessarily, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but I, um, as a as a writer, as a poet, I can I can live in two places, right? I can live in my head, right? Right. Or I can live out in the world. You know. Hmm. And so, as a man who has a family, I have to live in my head, man. So I don't. I can't always live out in the world when I have a family, when I have kids to raise, and things like that. But but my 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 experiences are abundant, and I can go anywhere. You know, it's like that. Uh, it's like that Charles that Anton Chekhov's uh, story where with the guy is is the wager where he's locked up in 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 prison for so many years and when they're about to take him out finally because he won the bet when they're about to take him out he's no longer there because he's already traveled everywhere because he's read so many books, you know and he's like fuck this i don't need no money man i read all the books i'm i've been everywhere i've been to fucking timbuktu i've been to fucking the himalayas i've been to fucking peru with the incas and shit you know, like I don't know, man. I mean, it's, oh, man. But poetry is cool, man. Like, um, here, here's the thing: we, you were talking about it earlier, and I told you about the things I was reading. I'm reading so much, but this morning, although I'm reading a, uh, I'm reading the William Faulkner's uh, Absalom, Absalom, and I read it out loud. I go upstairs to my little room, my little uh, cubicle or office or whatever, mm-hmm. and I read it aloud huh. to myself. Why? Because uh, I, I want to experience it and I want to understand it. It's not an easy book. So uh, um, a lot of it is dialogue and it comes from different. I read it out loud, but I read it with a pen. Hmm. And, then, you know, and then and then when I finished the chapter, man, and it took me a couple of hours to, re- to finish one damn chapter, I stopped and I started reading uh, uh, Mario Vargas Llosa's uh, uh, La Ciudad de los Perros. Okay. Este, and I've had it. But it's always there staring at me like, like, take me, take me. <laughs> and, and I'm like, fuck it, man. It's like, uh, okay, you know, remember when you were growing up and you were like watching TV and you watch one, one, you watch something. And then you like, after you want, you finish that show, what do you do? You flip, flip channels. Out. Yeah. Well, that's what I do. So I just flip channels on my books, flip channels, go from one to the other. And I always have my little notes to know where to go back, you know? rewind that's beautiful man yeah why not that's so beautiful no 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 it's just because they really take you into another world 
whether it be your world or another completely made up world, as in, for example, George Lucas grabbed us by the hand and told us, we are in a place a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. <laughs> and this is where you are now. Like, I know that's not poetry, but yeah. art. Yes, I yes, yes. You. And you know what that's called, right? That's what, uh, um, um, it's a uh, suspension of disbelief, right? Once you get there, you know, anything that's going to happen from that point on, that's why that's that intro, right? Isn't that, a, that's amazing you brought that up. Because once you get that intro, it means anything you see from this point forth, <laughs> you have to know that you can't say, ah, oh, impossible. You can't say that anymore. It's the suspension of disbelief. You're going to suspend your disbelief and you're going to accept everything that you see from that point forth. Mm-hmm. Right? That's fucking genius. It is. And yes. no, 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 that was absolute genius. And no, 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 but it was just like something like I seriously believe that anybody who paints a picture in your mind with words as a good poet, as a good musician, you don't even have to even write words like the way Miles Davids like plays his instrument or the way that Jimi Hendrix plays, you're like, I totally understand where you are and where you're coming from with that guitar. And you've transported me into your world now. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, holy sh- you're living the experience. It was actually called the Jimi yeah, Hendrix. We just watched, the, the other day at the house, we watched uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And it was so weird because Brookie, Brookie hadn't seen it. I had seen it, but the boys were completely transposed. They were completely into that that movie, like they experienced that whole, you know, the 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 chips coming in, and and but Brookie was like, whatever. And I, well, I'd seen it because our minds are so mind boggled. We we we're all distorted now in our heads. But the kids, man, they saw it, and I was like, so cool. It is no, and I think that. Any art, I think that uh, Stephen King said it best on his favorite book that I, uh, on my favorite book of his is called On Writing and his. Yeah, it's my favorite book too. Oh my God. It is, it is, yeah. Beautiful. Because it says that every book or every writer is a time traveler. That you write something in the present, right now, but somebody else in the future is reading about this world. Oh, that's deep. That you, I don't remember that in there, but that's deep. I know, well, that, that, that I read that 10 years ago. Well, well hey, Jim Morrison said the same thing, man. He said that, uh, that uh, I don't know where I heard it, but it was like the only things that are going to survive, like an atomic fucking bomb, like an explosion, are cockroaches, cockroaches, and art. You know? <laughs> and and, and that, which is true. Look, look here. Here's here's a, the beautiful thing about poetry, right? And when we think about poetry, when I think about poetry, I think about music. I think about art because art is poetry, mm-hmm. and and, and uh, all forms of art are poetry. 
You see? And I think that we didn't talk about that in the in the last podcast, podcast but I think that that is essential, you know? Um, so I lost I lost what I was saying, but here's here's what I was going to say about uh, about immortality when it comes to poetry. Uh huh. Uh, there's there's a poem an Edmund Spencer poem. It's uh, from a collection of his poems. He was a contemporary of William Shakespeare, and he wrote this poem called uh, "Once I Wrote Her Name Upon the Strand." Huh. And so it's real simple. It's a 14 line st- uh, sonnet, right? It's a sonnet. But in the poem, basically, all he's saying is this. He's saying that, you know, he loves this woman and he's going to get the stick and he's going to write his name, her name upon the beach, upon the, the strand of the beach on, on the sand. Right. He writes her name. Right. Uh, Laura. Right. <laughs> and he writes her name. And, and, and so the, the waves come, man. And what, what do the waves do? They take the name away. Right. And, and then, then he, he comes and he writes his name, her name again with the second hand. And he writes it and the waves come and they wash it, go astray, right? So it comes and washes it again. But his whole point is this, but one thing that's going to happen is this, is that in my, in my words, I'm writing this down and, 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 and I'm, I'm immortalizing the fact that I'm doing this. It doesn't matter that the waves came and washed it away because I did, I did it. I did it. And nothing's ever going to change the fact that I did that. But through my poems, I'm telling you that I did that. You see? See, it's my poem that's telling you that I did that. And that's why the poem and the action are always going to live forever because that's immortality. That's what, that's what, that's what, it's not just poetry. It's, 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 it's art. That's what it does. You know? You have left to be speechless. Well, now, I mean, it's, it's just it's, not like what I'm thinking is that sometimes I think that <clears throat> some, I think that somebody that is, um, <laughs> we don't want to see your crotch. No, si se puede poner pasa. Yes. But let me finish this. No, pero no quiero terminar. No, no, no. Ah, okay, okay. Let me get, get, I'm just going to let me finish this thought. Finish uh, it. Sorry. Don't, no think, hurry, no hurry. I think that... I think that in every good artist, be it from David Byrne to William Faulkner to Laura Jane Grace... They live in the present, and not only live in the present, they appreciate the present in a way that no one else can. And not only do, do they appreciate it, they know how to put it in words. Yes, but I also think, but I also think that, that to, a, to every great artist, there is a type of uh, a selfishness. Well, why do you think art is important right now? No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying art is important. Why? But I'm saying that to er, almost why? to every single great. Hang on, listen. I think that to almost to almost every single great artist, there is a natural, innate, right? There's an innate uh, uh, degree of 
of, of selfishness because you have to pay attention to, to, to what it is that you're doing to create the art. And sometimes everything else stays behind. I mean, name one person that you admire that, that, you know, that, you know, hopefully some of them keep a happy home, but, but in reality, it's normally all about the art. All right, and that was my conversation with Touch Selenia, part one for part two is coming up right next.